Welcome. You're now locked into another episode Let's go. of the Bear and Tails podcast, bringing you your weekly injection of gaming, Let's go. content creation, and overall nonsense. What just fucking happened, bro? Coming straight from their live streams on Twitch to your headphones at home. Big time energy. Let's go. Let's begin. Hey, yo, you guys. Welcome to the Bear and Tails podcast. I am your co-host, Bad Bear Gamer. Not with me today, unfortunately, is my lovely co-host, Sweet Tails. Uh, If you guys haven't been following, Tails, unfortunately, got super, super sick this last week. Uh, She's been battling a fever among a ton of other symptoms. It's completely knocked her on her butt. Uh, she's had to miss streams, obviously because of it, which we I think we all know. You know, if you know anything about Tails, you know that that absolutely uh, drives her nuts and kills her inside. So, um, unfortunately, I, I told her, "Hey, listen, I need you to rest. I need you to feel better. Get back on your A game. I'm going to handle the podcast, so I am running solo dolo this week, you guys. But uh, we do wish Tails and uh, uh, her entire." Uh, recovery absolutely nothing but positive vibes going out into the universe so that she can get healthy soon and get back to doing what we love best which is smiling in front of the camera and being her goofy lovely self but you guys i want to thank you guys for being here seriously uh we celebrated episode 10 last week the live episode uh we didn't do a lot of promotion on the back end of it just because we had such an amazing turnout you guys so tails and i both just wanted to thank you from the bottom of our hearts uh, it was such an incredible evening, uh, filled with a, a ton of laughs. I mean, the whole night, I think, went something almost like two hours. I know Tails wanted to go longer. And listen, if you guys were were hoping that it was going to be a full evening, that could be something that we easily could do in the future. I apologize. Um, on my end, I was expecting us just to record a normal podcast episode. Um, and so many of you guys know I have a daughter. I have a family. Um, I had somebody who was watching my daughter and taking care of her during during that time period. And uh, unfortunately, got to a position where that individual had to leave. And so my family's got to come first, and and I, I know Tails understands that. I know you guys get it, but it really did kill me to step away and walk away because I know we were having so much fun uh, playing 20 questions and, and having drinks, and truth be told, that should be something that I think we do more often. Uh, Tails and I have kind of talked about just doing more kind of nonsense nights, um, not necessarily just getting together and playing Warzone, but just shoot the shit, right? Get together and just mess around and uh, have a lot of fun just kind of being our goofy selves. Uh, much like you get that kind of chemistry on this podcast, I think that only gets amplified even more when we're both, you know, live out on Twitch and doing our things. But you guys, the the outcome, uh, the pro- final product of it, the 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 show um, up. Uh, what am I looking for? Support is the word I'm looking for. You guys it was absolutely incredible. So moral of the story, guys, is we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for making it such a unique experience. Thank you for an amazing 12 episodes. Uh, And this marks episode 11, guys. And we're going to get started the same way we normally do with a wonderful review from you. Where's my drop? Got it. What did you write? It must be a good review. Hey, what did you write? Is it bad? And now, a review from you. Today's review comes from Beer Fund Fish. Beer Fund Fish. Out on Apple. Uh, The title is, Finally Something I Can Get Into. Uh, the review, I finally, or I have followed Sweet Tales on TikTok for a while and just found out about the podcast. I absolutely love that it's gaming and hearing all the stories and experiences that both Bear and her have to share. Can't wait to catch up to the current episode. Thank you so much for this. It's great. Five freaking stars. You guys are amazing. Uh, Beer Fun Fish, thank you so much for the kind words. Seriously, you guys, the reviews do so much for us. I say this every single week, uh, but I literally cannot say thank you enough for everything you guys do. Dropping the reviews out on, whether you listen to this on Google, out on iHeart, out on Apple. I don't think Spotify has reviews, but you guys, to drop the reviews, to give a five star really does help us from a discoverability standpoint. Obviously, our end game is to continue to reach more people uh, with the message that we have and the camaraderie that we have together and and to bring entertainment and joy to people's lives, not only inside this community today, 
but hopefully reach some people who maybe didn't know that we existed and and you know maybe uh, could use that inside of their lives as a comedy podcast as a gaming podcast um you know so you guys those reviews go such a long ways beer fun fish thank you everyone who's written a review and had already done that seriously thank you guys we cannot say it enough as far as what's going on in the world, um, not a whole lot has has been happening. Obviously, I talked a little bit about Tails' side just battling her sickness. It, it, it's so crazy to me how something so small can absolutely just derail everything, right? Because you, you guys know we're grinders. Like that's that's just what we do. We we wake up and and we literally work into the late hours of the evening trying to figure out okay, what more can we do? We're never satisfied. Like, it's not the work is done. I can kick my legs up and, and relax the rest of the day. As soon as we finish one task, it's, it's what's going on to the next. So you get something like a head cold or, heaven forbid, a fever or the flu. And you're you're out of commission for three days, five days, a week. You guys, that, <clears throat> that's not only physically wearing, obviously being sick. We all know that. But that's emotionally exhausting, and it, it just drives us nuts. So I know Tails has been dealing with that. She's been updating her Instagram stories. I've been keeping in touch with her via text uh, about everything that's going on. She's obviously fighting the best fight that she can um, <laughs> in that world. I absolutely got a kick out of it. This is so true. I, I don't know why this is always the case. Anytime that she announces that she has big news, I don't know why you guys always jump to assume she's pregnant. And so she uploaded the picture of the thermometer reading 100 and then had to quickly upload afterwards because apparently a bunch of people just saw the picture of the thermometer and assumed it was a pregnancy test. Guys, come on. (laughs) I cannot with you all. You guys are nuts. But um, it sounded like today, at least she's starting to get outside a little bit, starting to gain some of her energy. So so hopefully that's good. You guys in my world, if you guys don't follow me out on Twitch, you might not know about the journey that I've been on. Um, I've been very vocal over the last few days, uh, both inside of my discord community, as well as out on Twitch about a battle that I'm fighting. <laughs> and this, this started Monday night. Um, you guys, I'm in an all out war with Comcast business right now, Comcast slash Xfinity. And if you guys uh, aren't familiar with the company, if they're not part of your, your regional, uh, area, uh, they are a internet and cable provider. Uh, for a lot of the Midwest and and I think the East Coast, not so much the West Coast, but um, they they're a major major player in in that space. And in Minnesota, where I live, they have a very big monopoly on everything, or at least they always have. So I've always been loyal to them. I, I gave them my business before I moved. When I moved out to Vegas and I lived out there for five years, uh, it wasn't out there. I used a different service. I used Cox while I was out there. Uh, but when, then when I moved back, uh, I, I re-signed up with them. And then on Monday, we had an issue. Okay, And here's what happened. I subscribe to gigabyte internet. So that's 1,000 megabytes per second that I should be receiving on my download. On Monday, I started my stream at my normal time at 8 o'clock. All of a sudden, had these major skipping scenes. Major. I had people in my chat telling me that, hey, the, is it buffering for anybody else? And, and I'm lagging. My game was lagging. So I run a speed test. You guys, I was downloading at 40 megabytes per second. I pay for a gig. So needless to say, I had to shut down my stream. Restart my modem. That didn't fix it. So I call into Comcast, and this is where our journey begins. Because I call into Comcast. It's now 9 p.m. at night. I'm not getting the A-team at 9 o'clock at night. I get that. I'm getting the call service center that they're transporting me to, which in this case happened to be down in Mexico. And I talked to George, good old George down in Mexico, who had no idea what he was doing, absolutely no idea, was was trying to piece the put or put the pieces together to to help me, but obviously is just very clearly reading from a script. I asked to speak to a supervisor, and I get put on hold for ninety minutes. Me and George are sitting here for ninety freaking minutes waiting for a supervisor, because apparently, apparently, um, the supervisors are all in a meeting, which is ridiculous. So. Frickin' take care of that, which is just, it's the most absurd thing ever. And during our 90-minute conversation, uh, I'm being not only upsold on all the other fantastic services that Comcast has to offer, the the cable, the streaming platforms, uh, like and Netflix and that kind of stuff, uh, their home security, their mobile, 
But he's also just making small talk that no person should ever be making. Like, I, he actually asked me, what season is it where I live? And I respond, what season is it? And he goes, yeah, like spring, fall. I'm like, bro, we're in Mexico. Like, you're in Mexico. I'm in Minnesota. We're in the same seasons. <laughs> this isn't rocket science. But finally, 90 minutes later, connect to a supervisor. I start ranting to the supervisor. I went back and had to listen to it because I recorded this entire thing and actually streamed it inside my Discord because at this point, the whole community is really invested in what's going on because clearly I'm I'm in a rage. They know that I'm taking this out on this customer service, and so people want to be a fly on that wall. So we're streaming this call live. The supervisor gets on. I didn't swear to this individual. I, I was actually very, very uh, professional and polite to him, explaining that what was going on. Uh, two minutes later, he hangs up on me. Two hours and five minutes into this entire call, 90 minutes waiting for a supervisor, he hangs up on me two minutes in, and they book a technician service without my consent or my agreement to come to my house. You guys, I was freaking livid. I took to Twitter, and I ranted the hell out of this, right? I then went, uh, I took the recording, gave it to my editor. We edited it into a YouTube video, which is just pure freaking comedy when you, when you think about the terrible customer service that they have. So needless to say, during my tweet rant, I I tweet out to CenturyLink, who then responds in the tweet in three minutes. It took Xfinity almost 12 hours, actually a little bit longer than that, to finally respond uh, via via Twitter. It took CenturyLink three minutes to want to earn my business. So, you guys, moral of the story is I am anti-Xfinity and Comcast. I am pro century link right now. This has been the battle that I've been going through. You guys, if you want to check it out, all that's out on the YouTubes and all that kind of stuff. But, but in all honesty, guys, it, it just, it drives me nuts. How billion dollar companies, billion dollar companies cannot do simple things like customer service. And I get it. Listen, I'm not a big business account. I'm not giving them $1,500 a month, but I am paying for the top internet that they provide as a company to individual residents residencies. There's not a higher tier internet that they, they give at least not in this area. I think they do two, two gigs in, in, in some places, but not here. Um, they've earned my business for a long time as a loyalty comp, uh, loyalty customer. And obviously none of that matters to them as, as you just received the piss poor customer service that I did. And then all the way to a supervisor who literally just hangs up on you. It just, it blows my mind, you guys, but that's where I'm at. That's what I've been dealing with Uh, outside of that. Not a whole lot going on. There's some good things in the news that we're going to get to, but before we do quick question, excuse me, quick question of the day comes from Kyle, Kyle M over on Twitter, who uh, sent me a DM and said, Hey, I got a really good question. Um, And and I, I I took my time. You guys, I, I, I think these through, okay. Kyle sent, he asked if one video game, were to be made into a movie, which would I choose and who would star and direct it? Okay. Now I get the benefit you guys of um, not only picking the questions and going through these, but filling out the show doc. So I got some time to think about this, right? Which helps because this is a pretty loaded question. Um, so I got some time to really sit down and think about this. And, and at first, the, I think the more cinematic games kind of came to mind to me. Right. Like, I think forever we've been talking about how cool a Halo movie would be Um, as cinematic as they are. And you guys know we love this series, both Tales and I, a Far Cry movie would be. You know, those games are already so cinematic. Part of me thought, how cool would it be to go back and and not remake because it technically was done, but the versions were so terrible. But like make a modern day like Mario movie. Right, using those concepts. And and yes, I know they were made in the early 90s. The, the movies are absolutely god-awful, abysmal. I know they were made. Um, but I gave this some thought. And you know what honestly came to mind? What I think would be just a amazing movie concept was Diablo. If you guys aren't familiar, Diablo's uh, a game made by the same company that makes World of Warcraft, that makes StarCraft. It is a very dark uh, computer-based game traditionally, although it is available on consoles, um, but basically about the uprising of hell, right? And the heroes of earth that, that have to save it. I think this would be a cinematic uh, uh, endeavor and something that could be so big and creative with so much um, amazing script play that could happen. And because it's that mixture of very dark horror, but I think, uh, you know, I want to bring more humor into it as well as I'm thinking through this. Like you want it to be not just gritty and dark, but also, you know, comedy, 
you want there to be some very comedic elements to it as far as character interaction, script play, situation, you know, ridiculous situations of the whole thing. Um, and, and so directing it immediately, the first director that came to mind for me was Jordan Peele. You guys don't know Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele uh, is part of uh, Key and Peele, the uh, amazingly critically acclaimed uh, sketch comedy show that no longer is running. But also he's branched out and done uh, very, very gritty movies um, with, with some really good humor elements to it. But movies such as um, uh, Get Out, which I don't think won movie of the year that year, but was nominated for it. I think it won horror movie of the year. Uh, uh, Us was another one. But I think he he not only, first of all, is a, a gigantic nerd, self-proclaimed. I think he would really understand the vision behind a movie like this. But second of all, as a director, I think would bring that comedy grittiness uh, combination to the to the table, right? That that play. So Jordan Peele is going to be directing. And then I started thinking through, okay, we got our character classes that that our heroes normally always are in those games. You got a warrior, you got a sorcerer, you got a monk, a druid, an assassin, and a necromancer. Six. Okay, you got six classes that I was like, let's go ahead and fill those in. And then obviously we got we got a villain. We got we got Diablo himself, right? The devil. So who's playing that? So from the warrior standpoint, I was thinking, you know, big. Immediately I thought about maybe the rock, but I was like, the rock commands so much of the screen. Right? He doesn't really complement the the group play too much. I think he commands so much of the screen. So who immediately then came to mind for me was uh, uh, David Batista. Who, if you're not familiar with 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 Dave, he was um, most recognizably the the at least the character that I have in my mind is um, Drac the the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think he does that perfect kind of meathead, but still you know very intelligent and very aware of kind of what's going on. Like I love the type of like very serious uh, uh, character that he plays in Guardians of the Galaxy from as Drac the Destroyer. I think that'd be amazing. The Sorcerer, somebody a little bit more gritty, somebody a little bit more uh, uh, pulled back, but still has that presence. I thought about Kate Beckinsale. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, you guys, you have to know who Kate Beckinsale is, but Underworld, right? She's got that really dark, kind of mysterious look to her. I think she'd play an amazing Sorceress. And listen, Kate looks fucking phenomenal. She's 47-something years older or like that now. 49, I don't know, somewhere like that. The girl's freaking gorgeous. I say girl, woman, madam, madam Beckinsale, freaking gorgeous. She's my sorcerer. My monk, soft-spoken, works with his actions. I think that Michael B. Jordan would be amazing. Michael B. Jordan was known for the Creed movies as well as Black Panther. I think he would be incredible as a monk, a little bit more soft-spoken. Uh, but but definitely, definitely athletic, the type of person who's, you know, says very little things, but all of a sudden just kicks your ass. I think that'd be great. The Druid, I think, would be a really funny Tom Holland. Spider-Man. I think he brings that kind of awkwardness that a Druid character should have. Like, the, the whole concept behind a, a character turning into animals is, is, is comical to me. So I really like uh, Tom Holland to play the Druid character. The Assassin. This is where this is where I get a little creative with it, because uh, the assassin. You want to know like one of my favorite when I start thinking of the assassin and I start thinking of like fight movies, right? I start thinking of action movies where where people were kicking ass, and I want to bring another female to the table. Kick ass was like one of my favorite movies for this of all time. The original, not the second one. The second one was meh, but the original. And Chloe Moretz is so freaking good in those. She's been a little bit off screen doing a little bit smaller production stuff as of late. I'd love to get her back into the kind of action. Being an assassin, somebody with bows, somebody with throwing knives, throwing axes, that kind of stuff. And then the necromancer I envision is this very, very like uh, kind of awkward character. Like the type of thing where you pan to a character and he's just standing behind them really, really like dead eyed. I think Bill Hader would be amazing for that. I think Bill Hader would be a knockout necromancer in this movie. The dude was so good in the movie It. He is so good in the movie Bear or in the TV show Barry. I think he'd be an amazing necromancer. And then when I got to Diablo, this is my opportunity to bring to bring this is all my fantasy. My opportunity to bring back what I think was the biggest um missed opportunity inside the MCU, which was in Iron Man 3, the way they did the Mandarin wrong drove me nuts. 
drove me nuts. The way that they built Ben Kingsley up as the Mandarin was amazing. I would love to get him back into that kind of role where he's got these really deep, long monologues. Right. And I think back to Iron Man three when Ben Kingsley, listen, is, is a well-documented, amazing actor. Like obviously that list goes way beyond his role as the Mandarin, but like specifically the reason I think about him is, is like when he's doing, uh, you know, his speeches in, in, in Iron Man three, where he's like, um, you consider me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. Like, I feel like that type of like very, uh, serious, very, very like a uh, heavy monologues would be so well delivered by him. And then obviously as he transforms into shit, like that's all CGI, but there it is guys. That's my Diablo movie. Tell me what you think about it. <laughs> let me know. Tweet at me. Um, um, post in the YouTube comments. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, would you guys see my, my Diablo movie? I think it's lights out. Uh, Jordan Peele directing David Batista, Kate Beckinsale, Michael B. Jordan, Tom Holland, Chloe Moretz, Bill Hader, and Ben Kingsley. We're done. Sign me up. Sony Warner brothers. I'm free. Let's go. Let's, let's make it, let's make it happen. You guys, uh, I've just made a million dollar movie. You guys are coming opening night, uh, March 3rd, 2025. You better be there. Let's get into the news. I want to know everything. I want to know everything. What's the news? Now, it's time for News and Noteworth. News and Noteworth from around the industry in regards to gaming and content creation. Warzone. We'll start here. Call of Duty, you guys know, is my primary game. The 80s Action Heroes event is happening now. During the live event, Tails and I talked about uh, the introduction of John Ramble, the introduction of John McClane. What did we think about it? Uh, Now that it's here. And we're actually able to to dive in. Uh, here's my two cents. I don't mind it. I, I still stand behind. I'm not a huge fan of the movie characters coming in. I still stand behind that. Um, I still think that they're an unnecessary attachment. But as far as the event is concerned, as far as the additions to the game that were put in, I think it was a home run. Number one, they did an unbelievable balance to some 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 weapons, specifically the Cold War weapons and some of the attachments on the Cold War weapons to make them uh, have similar um, um, stats and effects that the modern warfare attachments do. So there becomes more of that meld between the two. Um, very good balance between those. But then they did really cool things like from the movie Die Hard, Nakatomi Plaza, which is the setting of the very first Die Hard movie, is now in downtown Verdansk. Uh, it's the big building in the middle. Um, I think they did an unbelievable job with this building. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It's it's like 34 stories high. It's taller than than whatever you wanted to call it before, Trump Tower or whatever. Um, but it is literally almost seven floors of playable area, including a roof, including multiple zip lines, multiple movement areas. You can crawl through vents. You guys, they're taking this away at the end of the event, and I wish they weren't. It is by far, by far the most interesting and successful playable area they've ever introduced into Warzone. Any of the seasons. And think about it. They, they've introduced a lot of places throughout the time here, right? We had the subway system. We had the stadium opening up. I mean, there's been a ton of places that have been introduced. This is by far the most successful. And it is so much fun to play in there. It is just as much crazy and hectic as it is strategic. There's a vault that has $100,000 in it and a ton of perks and attachments. It's a grab bag fight. But listen, if you don't want that, you don't have to go there. It's not like that's going to win you the game at the end of the day. Does it help if you're the last team standing? Sure. But it basically became the new superstore. But I think the 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 the, the, the key points or key places of interest, the KPIs that they put in, um, were were very, very strong in this. I could do without the movie characters, whatever, but I, I love the balances that they did. I love the Nakatomi ta- or Plaza. I wish they weren't taking it away, uh, but if you guys haven't had a chance to play it, again, highly recommend it. It is a lot of fun. Um, and if you guys have played it, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, new trailers that aired this week, uh, Back for Blood, the brand new sequel to the Left 4 Dead, uh, highly anticipated game. Tails and I talked about this a couple weeks ago that the announcement and it was coming. Uh, the character trailer happened, which introduced you to some of the characters or what they call the cleaners. Uh, and, and if you're unfamiliar with that, the cleaners basically are the ones who are quote unquote cleaning up the city. Right, they're the zombie killers, 
And they went through and introduced us to, I think it was seven total characters that you're going to be able to play and the, and some of the perks and benefits of each one. You guys, this was something that, that I've been talking about on stream for a while that I wish Warzone would do. I think it'd be so cool if your operator gave you additional perks or there was a benefit to specific operators. So operator A makes me a little bit faster. Operator B, I can hold more ammo. Operator C is always got ghost active, like sh- stuff like that. Um, and, and modifying it. And, and obviously back for blood is doing this. So some of the things that are going to be on there, Walker is a ex Marine. Uh, he gives your, your team added damage and added team health. Carly is a little bit more of that, like, uh, SMG type, a little bit more of that kind of speed. So she gives added team speed and extra inventory spot. Uh, Jim is the sharpshooter added, uh, ADS speed and, and added damage to weakness spots on monsters. You guys, I think this is so cool. And the thing I love about these games, if you never played Left 4 Dead, is there such a, a good cooperative game? It's four people. Like it's so much fun if you get four, three of your friends. Obviously, you plus four, three, um, to get together, right, and to strategize who, which characters are you and why, and 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 trying to build off of each other, and and that's what makes RPGs, I think, great. Right, you think about like World of Warcraft, and like yes, there's the online community aspect, but part of that is also when you go on raids, like having the key pieces that you need, right, having a healer, having a tank, having a sorcerer. What of this do we need? Who has what artifacts? And this game does that, obviously not in the fantasy. Well, I guess zombies, some fantasy, but but more so in in this more kind of horror element um, with still keeping that arcade feel. Big explosions, uh, zombie guts everywhere, killing off massive hordes, clearing levels, making your way through towns, um, multiple run paths, not just, hey, we run through the streets and we're playing, but hey, I can at some point climb a ladder and, and, and now for the next I don't know, three checkpoints on this. I'm running on a completely different part of this map. Um, I think it's so cool. And then obviously the cooperative. Uh, you guys check out the trailer. Uh, it's all over. You can just find it on YouTube. Again, the game is back for blood. Uh, it comes out later this year. I think in a couple months, it's going to be out. I think it's October. Uh, it's going to be outstanding. You guys seriously could not recommend it enough. Uh, Twitch. Fucking Twitch. Um, I love Twitch, but uh, obviously a big topic that that we've been talking about over the last few weeks has been the hot tub meta self-proclaimed by themselves, by the way. Um, and if you guys aren't familiar, you should be at this point, but basically uh, there's a big complaint against Twitch right now for allowing female content creators specifically to stream inside of a hot tub wearing a bikini. And it's called a meta because their viewership is off the charts. I mean, we're talking about streamers who originally get a thousand viewers per stream, getting 40,000 per stream. And so there's a lot of people, you kind of got two sides of the coin, right? You got uh, group A, which is upset about it because they feel this, that's not what Twitch is, is meant to be, right? That's not what Twitch is designed to be. And it shouldn't even be allowed because it's not, that's not the heart of what Twitch is. And I get that. Um, but at the same time, I think Tails and I have similar viewpoints on this and we've talked about it extensively. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but just the standpoint of, um, you know, you do you, honey boo boo, but it's not for us personally. Um, and then you got the other side of the coin, obviously that that just believes they're taking viewership away. I think that's horseshit. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I just I don't believe that somebody in a hot tub is stealing a viewer away from me. My view my views are down because somebody's watching somebody else in a hot tub. I'm not saying there's not crossover. I'm not saying there's not some people in my community that want to go watch people in hot tubs. But at the same time, I just don't think that's the same demographic for the most part. But I bring all this up because they've taken Twitch has taken one step further and actually created created a category specifically for this entitled pools, hot tubs, and beaches. So Twitch has pretty much in the past, as we've we've talked about in, in previous episode, basically come out and said they're not doing anything about it. Well, now they've actually taken a step in the proactive approach and and made an entire category supporting it. So whether you like the hot tub meta or not, it's here to stay is the moral of the story, guys. Pools, hot tubs and beaches is here to stay. Uh, we're going to have more yoga in front of pools. We're going to have more hot tubs. Apparently, we're going to have some beaches. Are we going to start seeing people suntan, sunbathing? I don't fucking know. But good old Twitch does it again. 
um, <laughs> and just is doing their own thing. Uh, pools, hot tubs, and beaches available now on Twitch. Can't fucking believe that's a real thing. And then uh, the final thing I got for you from the news segment, you guys, is Twitch is going to be adding 350 new tags. So if you're unfamiliar what a tag is, as a creator, when we go live, we can add tags, things like competitive, things like playing with viewers or that we're English speakers or, um, you know, first playthrough, competitive playthrough, speed run. Uh, there's a ton of tags already. 350 new ones are coming, which I don't have a problem with, uh, except some of these are a little... I got to be careful with my words here because it's not that they're bad things, but do we really want to be identifying specifically like these types of, of items? So for instance, um, some of them are things like disabled. Some of them things like veteran, but then you also have things like listing yourself as transgender, listing yourself as, as black. And that's the word they're using at least from PC gamer, which is where I got this article from. Um, I just, I, I find when you start Right. Twitch and gaming, in my mind, I'm going to be very careful about my words here, because obviously I believe in my heart of hearts that everybody has a right to be who they want to be. Everybody has a right to be happy, to live the life that they want to live, to do what they want to do. That's what makes this country, at least America, great from that standpoint. Um, and the gaming community, to me, outside of the toxicity and the nonsense that that's there, is really kind of that home. Right. Uh, uh the 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 island of bro or misfit toys right i mean that's kind of what gaming what gaming was a, a poo poo shoo shoo not popular thing 10 years ago but obviously so many people did it um we made so many friends networks and and communities inside of it built relationships inside of it that we we don't see these things at least we shouldn't be we shouldn't be seeing sex right not intercourse i'm talking about male and female and the difference right and and how someone should be treated differently because they're a female gamer we shouldn't see race we shouldn't see whether somebody is straight or lbgtq like that doesn't that shouldn't fucking matter and so under the same context of what gaming should be at least by my definition i feel like when you start bringing these items in number one is you're starting to isolate and divide those things further but number two is if you do have a toxic individual, it's easier for them to root out. I mean, imagine you have a, a racist account. You got a bigot, right? And all he has to do is type in the, 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 the category black, and he can now pull up African-American content creators and just go one from the other until he gets banned. Like, that's just so toxic. And I'm not going to say that's, that's probably such a small minority of, of what the overall population is going to be. But for me, it's like, I don't think these tags need to be in there. I just don't. And I don't know how much people actually search by those anyways. Like how many times people are like, I really want to see competitive gameplay or, or, or playing with viewers. Like, I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't, I, I search by game and content creator more than the tags, but it's interesting that Twitch is taking this uh, um, stance that they're adding in 350 new tags, including some of these more very, very specific ones. Um, you guys, I, I, I have to be very careful with my words as I've been saying, but I hope you guys understand kind of what I'm saying. And I hope this makes sense because to me personally, internally, I just don't think it kind of fits with the overall message of what gaming should be, right? What, what, what it's meant to be from that standpoint. I think it's, I think it's tough. Um, you guys, we're going to get into a little bit of business development stuff. That's what I got for you as far as the news is concerned. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode you guys could imagine just because, obviously, I'm a one-man show. <laughs> I don't have the, the ability to banter. I didn't want to do a nonsense segment because, to be honest with you, I don't know how to do nonsense by myself. I feel like you need two people to create nonsense. But I do have a lot of uh, expertise. I do have a lot of things that I, I would love to share with you as long as I am here and I have the opportunity. So let's get into a top five real quick that I think is going to be really special for you content creators. Top five. All time. Top five. Definitely in my top five. Definitely top five. Rank it. What's in your top five? Top five. Boom, baby. All right. Today's top five that I have for you is going to be around business development. And if you guys don't know... Prior to being a full-time content creator, my entire career was based around business development. I worked in financial services, working with financial advisors, and specifically, how do they build their businesses? 
How do they build a brand? How do they build an office and hire staff and manage the staff? And, and how do they find new clients? And how do they retain the clients that they have? And how do they, how do, they do more business next year than they did this year? Right? I, I was a business coach for all of intents and purposes. So while today I'm going to be speaking from the concept of content creation, streaming and content creation, really anybody who's listening to this can probably take some of this to heart. Because what I've learned is any business that you're running or participating in, it's all the same. It really is. The, the minutia, the specifics might be different, but the, the gravias, the, the kind of grander ideas are all pretty much the same. So I'm going to give you what I'm deeming my top five um, most important things when building a business as an entrepreneur. Okay? And these are not in order of what I believe are chronologically like, I'm not going to say, hey, number five is where you should start. No, I'm, no, you should be able to piece some of this together. I'll talk you through a little bit of it. But at least these are importance of, from my opinion, the importance of, of, of them. Number five is networking. Um, in any business, networking is critically important. And I mean this from multiple fronts, not just networking to say, well, how do I build uh, relationships to get like, how do I build relationships with sponsors? How do I network myself to get into certain social clubs or e-orgs or, or, or content teams? Like what? No, I'm talking about specifically networking content creator to content creator, right? Or B2B business to business and building those relationships and, and really understanding the fine line and tails. And I have talked about this in the past a lot, but between um, leaving yourself open to opportunities, but not being so open that you're wasting your time, right? Because there is, and, and I've been through this, Tails has been through this, where you, you leave yourself saying, well, I want to network. I want to meet everybody under the sun. So you try to do as many collaborations as you possibly can. Uh, and then you end up wasting your time because most of these people uh, aren't really going to be long-term relationships you want to be investing in. That's tough. So the, the counter to that, how you fix that, you guys, with staying in networking is content consumption. Those two things have to go hand in hand. You have to be investing time in understanding what other people are doing. You have to consume other people's content, specifically in the areas that you want to grow. So if I want to be growing on TikTok, great example. I have to be looking at what are top creators doing? What trends are they, are they doing? What type of content are they creating? And I'm not saying you then have to go out and do that content, but you have to at least study and understand why is it successful? What part of this makes it successful for them? And what can I adapt to my business to help me be successful? Critically important. And when it comes to networking, doing your due diligence to understand who are these creators? What is this creator? What type of content does this creator do? What type of humor, gameplay, uh, uh, community have they built? You have to spend time consuming these things so that you can make a great judgment idea on whether or not this is a good play. And then understand, listen, there's going to be situations where somebody reaches out to you and you have to tell them no. You have to tell them no. And this kind of goes in waves, to be honest with you guys. Like when I was in that medium range before I got to a little bit larger scale on TikTok, um, when I was at that, like, let's say 20,000 to 80,000. I got a lot of people saying they wanted to play with me. A lot of people. And it kind of went away as I got bigger. Now, part of that could be I really started cracking down on what networking meant to me and what type of collaborations I accepted. However, on the opposite side of that, I also think that there's it becomes a stigma where somebody just assumes, well, they're too big. They'll never play with me. So I also want to make the note, kick that shit to the curb. Kick it to the curb. Because the reality is, is size of the content creator shouldn't matter. Now, your business does matter, right? How big you are, how strong is your identity? Because that's ultimately what you're pitching. That's ultimately what you're selling, what you're introducing to them. 
But think about Tails and I. We're a great, great example. Camaraderie-wise, energy-wise, comedic-wise, we're very similar. Very similar. Right? That's why I think we work so well together doing pretty much anything that we do. Anything from this podcast to our, our co-streams to even just shooting the shit and having honest talks maybe off-stream, just the two of us. But Tails is a much larger creator than I am. Much larger. Right? She's about five times larger than me on TikTok. She's, fuck it, I don't know, two and a half times. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, uh, um, I'm at about 9,000 followers on Twitch. She's at, what, 200,000? Much larger. She's, I got 100 people watching me. She's got 1,200 to 1,500. Right? We're, we're much different. However, when I reached out to her, that, that wasn't a thought in my mind. When I broke in to uh, uh, the network and, and started working with uh, a content creator like Crusader, right? Maddie, you guys know her, unbelievable content creator, incredible TikTok creator, YouTube, all those various things. Amazing streamer. I was a nobody. I think I had eight people watching me when we, when we did our initial interview and I built that relationship. So size doesn't necessarily matter. If you're trying to network with larger accounts, I highly recommend that. But you have to understand that you have to have something to give. But number five on my lift is networking. You guys absolutely should be identifying and building relationships. And you should have a core group of people, whether they're larger, bigger, doesn't really matter, or or smaller, I should say, larger, smaller, larger, bigger, same thing. Uh, No, larger or smaller than you really shouldn't matter, but the vibe should be there. Your guys' energy should be there. Every time you guys play, it shouldn't be forced. It should come very natural. That's huge. Number five, networking. Number four, metrics and goal setting. This is crazy to me, the amount of times that I see people in business afraid to set goals, afraid to put pen to paper to say, this is what I want to accomplish. And not necessarily annually. And January 1st saying, well, New Year's resolution, this is what I want. No, fuck that. What do you want to do over the next 30 days? What do you want to do over the next three months, six months from now? If at January I went to you and I asked, where do you want to be in June? You should have an answer for that. What are you working towards? Not just, I want to be big. I want to have 20 viewers. No, take it a step further and ask yourself, once you have those those, uh, uh, goal setting, what are the metrics required to get there? So if if you just hit affiliate, and you're, you're shooting for the stars. And I'm all about thinking big, guys. Listen, I'm all about thinking big. You say, I want to be, I want to hit partner. Great. Excellent. You got to go from three average viewers to 75. How are you going to get there? Well, I don't know. Well, that's not a good answer. Walk me through. How are you going to get there? What are the metrics that are required? How many new people do you need to be adding each week? How much content do you think you need to be pumping out on your various platforms? And can you do that? Right? And you kind of can back your way into it. Because the reality is, guys, here's the truth. Literally almost any metric, taking out God-given talent, which sometimes is a make or break. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. Sometimes people have the ability to stream and be a, be a large-time streamer, content creator, and, and some don't. It just is what it is. However, there's a widespread of people that are, are very successful doing it. There's not a one-size-fit-all you know, suit that you have to wear to be successful. So assuming that you, you, you do have that, we remove God-given talent, that's okay. You literally can do anything. Like if you wanted to have a million followers on TikTok and you had nothing else to do in your time, You could pump out 10 TikToks a day of quality, and I guarantee you, you're going to grow your account rapidly. Rapidly. However, most of us don't have that time. We got family. We have school. We have, again, streaming and 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 other things. We have social lives. We have all these things that are going to play a role. We don't necessarily have that time. But if you really wanted to put grind to grindstone, right, steel steel in the fire, you could. But so metrics is really important to understand what am I working towards and why? And how do I get there? Asking yourself that second tier question, not just this is where I want to get to, but but what do I need to do? What are my kind of steps, my metrics in between there to get there? For me personally, as I track my business, 
I'm looking at things, not only just follower counts across the metro or across the platforms. I'm asking myself in a given month and I track all this monthly. How many pieces of content did I produce on that platform? How many days did I miss a piece of content on those, on that platform? I'll go back and look at my three most successful videos. What did they have in common? Look at the analytics, look at the metrics, my three least successful videos. Look at the analytics, look at the metrics, and you'll start to identify trends of things that make a lot of sense. Longer videos on TikTok tend not to do as well. Historically, because one of the major things of TikTok is watch time. And so you see this video got 250,000 views. This one got 300. Why? Average watch time on both of them, actually the same. 17 seconds. But guess what? One of them was an 18-second video. The other one was 60. So the average view time was the exact same, but on my shorter-form content, it tends to do better because it takes into consideration that the majority of the video ends up getting viewed. So that tells me as I lead into that next month, okay, I need to be creating, I need to be creating shorter content. I need to force myself. If I have a clip that I think is hilarious at 30 seconds, I'm going to force myself to cut it down to 15. Because this is the other thing that I see a ton of new creators do is they produce content that's funny to them. But as a consumer, as you're, as you're consuming this stuff, our brains with TikTok specifically are so fast. It's so easy to flip to the next video that it needs to be meat. It needs to be all meat, no fat, grade A from the get-go. So if I can take 30 seconds and trim it to 15, force myself to do that, I'm left with that. I cut off all the fat. Maybe some things I thought were quote-unquote necessary, but in reality, looking back, it probably was just dead space, right? It's always funny, like when we create a TikTok or we create a video, it doesn't matter the platform, right? You think it's, you think it's amazing, and then it flops. And then once you're faced with the reality that this video flopped and you look back at it, now you see it from a different standpoint. You say, well, shit, yeah, there's a lot of dead time here. I had about three seconds at the beginning of this video. That's me running to start to make the play that I was about to make or start to have the moment that I was about to have that I probably could have cut that out. And now in the first 0.5 seconds, the, the viewer is being introduced to really what I want to show them. That's it. That's big. But make sure you guys are tracking metrics and doing goal setting. That's so important for your brand. Number three, branding. It is so critical. And when I say branding, I'm not just saying I have a color scheme. I have a logo. But even beyond that, you guys, is really understanding who you are. What, excuse me, what makes you different? What makes you different than the other content creators that are around? What is your message? What is your demographic? Who are you attracting? There are content creators out there that are very, very good gameplay. And their whole brand is their gameplay. They're very good. They're elite at whatever game they play. It doesn't matter whether it's Warzone, whether it's Rocket League. It doesn't matter. They're great. And they want to be attracting people who are attached to that. Me and Tails, we're not that way. Now, I think me and Tails are above average gamers. We're better than your, your maybe household gamer because we do this for a living. However, we're entertainers more above anything else. We want to entertain. We want to make you laugh. We want to, get, we want to make you forget about whatever the hell is going on in your life. Whether you're, you're, you're really happy with what's going on right now and we can make that better. Or you're in a shitty spot and we can lift you out of there for an hour, four hours, whatever. That's what we do. And we know that. that that's who we are. But you guys need to identify that because I see too many people that don't really quite know what their brand is. If I ask them what makes you different than the other content creators, different than the other streamers, the other people that are at the same level you are, if you got six viewers every single time that you go live, what makes you different? Why would somebody stick around and want to be a part of your community? And the more that you identify that, and then the more that you isolate it and you play into it, the better things will get. I'm going to talk about Tails' brand real quick. Not my brand. I'll talk about hers. Tails has been having multiple conversations with me lately about the success, the wide success she has in just chatting streams. That first hour that she goes live. That's because it plays so well into who she is as an entertainer. 
Not that she isn't good at gaming, because she is. Not that she isn't entertaining when she games. She is. But during that time, she is one-on-one with her entire audience. There's no other element. So she's able to be goofy herself, do everything from dancing to scooting her butt on the floor to eating, I don't know, German chocolates, whatever the fuck she's doing, right? But she does it, and she's able to captivate you and be entertaining. She's starting to identify, even at her level, that this is really my niche. This is where I kick ass. I can be grade A across the board, but I can be Kobe Wagyu beef at some level. So what is that? And you guys want to identify those and start paying attention to what are people wanting when they come into my stream? Why? What keeps people hanging around? And that becomes your brand. It becomes your identity. It becomes who you are. And then that needs to be playing into it. On my side, we're all about community and positive vibes, which I know a lot of people say. But in all honesty, when you guys, and I'm sure many people listening to this have ran into my community, right, just through our co-streams, my community is well-known in this industry at this point for, for bringing the heat. When we raid into people, which Team Tails does an amazing job of this as well, right, but we bring the love. When somebody's new, like you hop into our stream, I might have 100 people there, but my chat is flying like we got 500, Right, I've been into streams where people have 300 people viewing them and chat isn't moving. It's just not the community of who they are. My community is like that family. It's like that Sunday night dinner. You're sitting around the table. I could be locked into gameplay. Maybe for the next two minutes, I'm unable to read chat or interact because I'm focused, but my chat's just having a conversation amongst themselves anyways. People are interacting. Somebody pops in. Hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, hey, Tim. Long time no see. That's important. Number two, community engagement, which thinking outside of our industry, I used to always talk about this as um, um, client retention, but in the world of content creation, this is community engagement. It's, it's how engaging are you inside of your community that they want to stick around, that they want to be a part of what you're offering. Because when we talk about branding and we talk about, you know, number three, all that goes into it. Once you identify that niche and who you are, you're going to attract people that are of like-minded. So number two is what are you doing to engage those people? Me and Tails, really, really big community people. So we do things like community night. We do things like um, um, our discords. We're extremely active in our discords. Tails, more than myself, does an unbelievable job at keeping you posted. with. She's very IRL friendly. Right, she's on Instagram, keeping you posted with what's going on in her real life. Like that—that's huge. Community engagement—they want to be engaged with the creator. We're more entertaining. If you're a little bit more technical, you're a little bit more introverted. Right? What does that look like from your standpoint? One of my favorite creators of all time. Uh, her name is Dish. She used to be just Dish. I think she's just just now. I think she used to be Dishy. Um, but she does a lot of Genshin Impact. She's a little bit more introverted. But the thing that I love about Dish is she knows who she is. And her content on TikTok was very, very introverted um, from the standpoint of um, inner monologues, very artsy. And on Sunday, she didn't do community nights that were 1v1 or Warzone customs, right? She did show and tell where people could bring their art, bring their poems, and, and share. And if you wrote something that was you know, a short story, but, but it was too much, she would read it for you. Like, it's a different vibe. But she built her community on that. And Dish and I talked about six months ago. And my metrics at that time surpassed hers. From the standpoint of um, viewers, from the standpoint of total subs. But she stayed true to who she is. She knew her brand identity and she stayed vigilant. This girl, I kid you freaking not, is getting 2,000 people viewing her right now. 2,000. People viewing her. She's becoming one of the largest people playing Genshin Impact. And the thing I still love is even through all of this, when I pop into her stream, it's the same goddamn vibe as it was before. Everybody has different paths, you guys. You cannot judge yourself off of the growth of others. I need to be here because they're here. No. Some people bloom early. Some people bloom late. I believe that those who continuously work hard will always find success. Those who don't or cut corners will always find failure. And they'll blame other things. However, when it comes to community engagement, once you find that niche and you know who you are, play into that. Figure out what is it that I can be feeding my community that makes it say, I feel value here. 
with this creator. I feel comfortable with this creator. And once you can answer that, sky's the limit. But you need to have community engagement. It's so important. I put it at number two, only behind number one, which it should be no surprise, which is a marketing plan. How are you reaching new clients? How are you reaching new viewers? How are you reaching new members inside of your community? You need to have a plan of attack and then you need to execute it. How many TikToks can you create? If you, if you don't create TikToks and you're streaming, you're foolish. Start doing it. They're going to be shitty right away. Don't worry about it. You'll learn. They'll get better. I literally was just looking back at some of mine. They were absolute crap when I got started. They've gotten better. And even now, I still don't fucking, I don't fucking know how this works. But I produce TikTok at a very, a very um, accelerated rate because I know the benefits of it. I've also put in plans for how many, how many Instagram posts do I need? How many tweets do I need to be on? How many YouTube videos do I need to produce? How many times do I need to be producing shorts out there on YouTube versus long form content? Have a marketing plan in place. Sit down and actually start mapping some of that stuff out. And what does your schedule look like? For me personally, and listen, some of this stuff is higher on the priority list than others. Top of my priority list is TikTok. Second on the list is YouTube. Just is what it is. Third on the list is Twitter. Fourth on the list is Instagram. That's different than some other people's. Tails has a very high priority on her, on her Instagram stories for the same reason I just mentioned before, her IRL community engagement. She, she's built an unbelievable following. I, cannot, I can't doubt her. But it's higher on her priority. But if I think about my marketing strategy, what is mine? Let me open up behind the curtain for you guys. My goal, ideally, would be to post two TikToks every single day, Monday through Friday. One TikTok, Saturday and Sunday. TikTok one would go out at noon. TikTok two would go out between three and four. That's my goal. On YouTube, I want to be posting YouTube shorts every single day, which is just the same content that I do on TikTok, but I don't take the TikTok uh, uh, video that has the watermark. You don't want that. Take your raw edited video before you put it into TikTok and, and upload that to YouTube. I normally like giving it a day or two. TikTok gets kind of first view of it, but then it goes over to YouTube. Every single day, a YouTube short. Two times a day for me, Long-form content, whether that's a stream highlight, whether that's a VOD, whether that's original content, like I'm reviewing a product, something like that. But Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm uploading long-form content on YouTube. And then ideally, again, I've fallen behind on this. I'm going to be completely transparent with you. Um, I want to be tweeting at least four times a day. I want to be uploading my Instagram stories at least three times a day. And then I want to be Instagram posts. Not reels. I don't care. Reels really isn't a priority for me. I just don't think it's developed enough. But actual physical posts, ideally three times a week. I'm way behind on that. I, I don't do nearly as much of that as I need to. And, and the, the metrics show. I think I grew like 25 Instagram uh, 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 followers last month. I think I posted once. The month before that, I gained about 250. And I, I actually kept to that schedule almost the entire month where it was three times a week for you know 12 total posts. It, it, no surprise. Activity breeds results, right? I mean, you got to be doing it, but it's just so low on my priority list that if I have limited time, it falls behind. So how do I do that? Now I start navigating and asking myself other questions like how do I free up time, hiring an editor, that kind of stuff. But you guys, that's my top five for business development. These are the same types of things I coach with all of my businesses that I was working with before in financial services. These are the things that you need to be mapping out inside of yours. Number five, networking. Four, metrics and goal setting. Three, branding. Two, community engagement. Number one, having a structured marketing plan. Put those things into motion, you guys, and I guarantee you, you'll be successful. You guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I actually went about the full hour. Somebody, somebody's got to give me some props here. We got to be pretty excited. But let's, let's get a round of applause. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You like that? Oh, daddy. The solo show. The solo show. He's got a soundboard. I don't know why I didn't use this beforehand, right? I mean, why, why have a soundboard if you're not going to use it? Am I right? <laughs> totally you guys thank you so much for hanging out with me i love you guys i hope you all are staying safe staying happy this has been episode 11 
of the podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our major socials out on YouTube. If you guys want to see the video, subscribe at your favorite podcast, whether that's Apple, Google, iHeart. Uh, we're out on Twitter as well as Instagram. You guys, we love you so, so much. Hopefully next week we'll have the one and only Tales back with us. But until then, I hope you all are staying safe, staying happy. Until next time, guys. Happy gaming. I'm Bad Bear Gamer. Take it easy. That was another episode of the Bear and Tails podcast. You want more? Oh my God, I would love some. Go. Make sure to subscribe and share and catch both Bad Bear Gamer and Sweet Tails live on their streams out on Twitch. We're just big vibes, you know what I mean? I hope you guys enjoy it. Don't forget to follow the show on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. At Bear and Tails Podcast.